welcome again to Gethsemane Sundays from Gethsemane Lutheran Church in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Our presiding minister is Reverend Deborah Muter, music by Aaron Smith. The following service was pre-recorded for February 7th, 2021. Gospel according to St. Mark, the first chapter. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told Jesus about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sunset, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons. And the whole city was gathered around the door. And Jesus cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, Jesus got up and went out to a deserted place. And there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, everyone is searching for you. He answered, let us go on to the neighboring town so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. The gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. I'm just going to jump right in this time, so bear with me here. I want to ask you something as we are reading in the Gospel of Mark each week. We will get John thrown in there a little bit, but as we're reading in the Gospel of Mark, I wonder, do you ever think in reading the, any of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, gosh, Jesus was such a nice man, and, and he did good things for people. He cared for people and healed them and taught them why in the world would so many of his own people turn on him? And why did they send him to the Romans to be killed? We think of Jesus as the best person, fully human and fully God, of course. Seems like the last person who should be killed. If you ever wonder that, good. Keep wondering and keep asking and keep listening for clues, especially as we read in Mark. Because we might we wonder because when we make everything about the gospels about being nice and comfortable we've got the story wrong we'd like it to be that way because you know what we like probably more than anything else is comfort right those of you who are here are sitting in comfortable pews right i'm wearing comfortable shoes right now right it matters And it's not just the physical part of comfort, it's the emotional, mental, spiritual part. And guess what? Jesus came and comes to stir up trouble and make us just about as uncomfortable as we can be. And that's a good thing. So, he did that. And that's why he got killed. He went willingly, and I'll say more about that in a little bit, But Jesus doing the things that he did already, what we've heard about in this first chapter of Mark, right? Setting a man free from the demons who possessed him 
and, and raising Simon Peter's mother from her fever and bringing her to health. These are things that push against the forces of death. And when you push against the devil, against evil, against the forces of death, there's going to be pushback. There's going to be problems. Because there were powers and authorities in charge when Jesus got there, and they didn't like what he was doing. They were comfortable where they were, and he made them very uncomfortable. We see this woman who gets healed, and we want to make sure we look, as I talked about last week, for a bigger message. Yes, a miracle. Yes, amazing. Thank you to everybody who commented on that last week. Um, Amazing, astounding, right? Awesome God, and God is all those things. But we might not realize what an incredible threat Jesus and his power really was to the, peop- the powers that already were in place, and there, that there is a greater message in the miracle, in every single miracle in the gospel. And that's what we're going to hear about. There's so much more than Jesus simply healing this woman's fever and helping her up so she could make them lunch. That's the simple story. There's a lot more to it than that. So much more. So forgive me, but I don't think of Simon as Simon. I think of him as Peter. So from here on out, I'm going to refer to him as Peter. Simon Peter, his name is Peter. Some of you have more than one name, so you understand how this works, right? But he is Peter. And um, I want to say right away, I got to go to Simon Peter's or Peter's mother-in-law's house uh, when I was in the Holy Land, something that I'm grateful for. It's been several years now, but I do want to continue to thank the people of Gethsemane who really made that possible for me uh, seven years ago. And so that picture is in my mind. And we got to go eat St. Peter's fish that day too. Good thing I like fish, (laughs) right? But um, so imagine Peter's mother-in-law I may have said Peter's mother, but his mother-in-law, which right away, that stirs up lots of questions in my mind. We talked about the question marks in there. So does Peter have a wife? Is she still living? When Peter went off to follow Jesus, does that mean he left wife and mother-in-law behind? At least they are here in the home at this time. Guess what? Mark doesn't tell us. We just get to wonder on that one. Put it on your list of things to ask. Right? So... Peter's mother-in-law gets healed. Yes, she was sick with a fever. Jesus comes to her, but it was so much more than that. She's not just healed. She isn't just cured from her illness. She was restored. And the gospel reading says that he he lifts her or brings her up. Guess what word that is? He raises her up. Yep, if you find that word in Greek right here in Mark, in the first chapter and go all the way to the last chapter of Jesus being raised from the dead, same verb, she got raised up. It wasn't just that he gave her a hand getting her out of her sick bed. He raised her up with this healing up to and back to her life of service, good service, and into the kingdom of God in a way that we all are called into. In fact, we're all lifted up into that. Right over here at this thing, right? At the font. Even just as tiny babies or adults or whenever or at any other baptismal font, that Jesus has raised us up to something more than just doing day in and day out life. As Christian people, day in and day out life can be a life 
a very important service to others. So the greater, service, the greater meaning and purpose in the act here with Jesus in this miracle is not just, again, that this woman can get up and make, make dinner for everyone. I want you to think about the people you know, men or women, who love to serve. And you know them, and some of you are them. That when you can't do things for others, it's greatly frustrating. I've seen that in my own family. I've seen it certainly in this congregation. When my mom has to have her family, her kids, serve a meal to her, it is the most frustrating thing to her in the world. You would think she'd sit down and go, oh, okay, all these years I've done for you, now you can do for me. We have to constantly say, sit down, mom. Sit down, mom, because she keeps hopping up trying to say, well, let me help you with that, or I will do that. Sit down, Mom. It's your turn to be served. Her ministry certainly was serving and caring for all of us. And Peter's mother-in-law was the same way. This word serving is not quite server like we think of somebody, a waitress or a waiter, though that is one way to use serve. It is um, diaconi, which is, we know it as deacon or deaconess, and it is a ministry of service that is very important. And again, we're going to see this word a few times in Mark, going back first to the beginning of this chapter. What happened when Jesus went out into the wilderness, into the desert? He was out there for 40 days, and the angels came and served. Diaconi served him. This isn't just bringing a sandwich to the table. This is caring for people's needs. This is showing love and compassion for others in a very important way. And then later, if you fast forward later into Mark, Jesus says with the same word, I came not to be served, but to serve. This is Jesus' own ministry, his diaconi. And that's in Mark chapter 10. When he lifted up this woman, when he raised her up away from the fever, he raised her and restored her to what discipleship looks like in Mark's gospel. The identity that the disciples were to have, the identity that Jesus himself had, and me and you. Not just me by any means. Not just me as your pastor. All of us. Our ministry is always at some level a ministry of service to one another. Jesus' experience of the angels ministering him, serving him in the wilderness, is the example that he takes forward as what Christian service is to be. It even defines his ministry, service to others that brings life out of death. When this woman, when Peter's mother-in-law was sick and had a fever, she was, she was closer towards death than she was to life. And when Jesus healed her, he brought her health that brought her closer to life, but he also brought her new life in raising her up back into the service that she could do. This is tied to Jesus' authority. It's about service, as Jesus put it so clearly, about serving rather than being served. So this meaning in this miracle is restoration to a vocation, to a task, to a job that is part of who the person is linked directly to the purpose of the ministry of Jesus. 
This power in this healing gets, helps us ask another question. What does it mean for us to participate in God's kingdom here and now, not just someday in heaven? What does it mean for you, for me, to participate in God's work now? And I love this idea in Mark that God is loose in the world. When things are loose, it's usually not a good thing. When our dogs get loose, it's a very bad thing. We're out looking for them, right? If anything gets loose, usually it's something you want to get brought back in. But God's Holy Spirit getting loose among us is a good, but now we're back to the beginning, sometimes uncomfortable thing. I think I just said this recently. I do a lot of talking, especially with doing those devotions, but uh, my son-in-law's, I heard this from him, his football coach in high school used to say, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And that's what we Christian people need to be thinking. Instead of trying to constantly make ourselves cozy and comfortable, we need to be out on that edge, that growing edge, and finding a way to minister to God's people in a variety of ways. For Peter's mother-in-law, it was serving in the home. It might, that might be the case for you, and there might be as many people who are listening to this now, there are that many different kinds of service. Jesus' ministry of service, this total self-giving service, was what took him all the way to the cross. Talk about being comfortable with something that's uncomfortable. What he did threatened the current powers so that they insisted on getting rid of them. His service to all people, including all of us, meant that he was willing, he willingly accepted the faith of fate of suffering and death. He forgave all our sins on his death in his death on the cross, and God raised him up, lifted him up to new life in service that goes beyond anything we can imagine or understand now. And for that, we give thanks to God. Amen. has been a Wayne Shout production. Wayne Shout.